I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. Hey there, how you going? It's Tech Talk on Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com with Gus. I'm Aaron. We're joining you today until 6 o'clock. Would love to hear what you have to say on the Yates Flooring Center chat line at Double T 97.3.com. Gary says this is the only downside last night. Might be no Centennial champion. Yeah, I agree. And and uh, hate that. Hate it that the horse is dealing with all that it's dealing with. But uh, Need a new horse. <laughs> Well, you, there could be some truth to that, and they may be dealing with that reality. But I don't think they, I don't think they line up a sec, backup horses and stuff. Um, I mean, there's this is now three games that it's missed. Yeah, I think so. Two this season, yeah. and then one last season. Is that right? Ooh, uh, yeah, you may be right about that. Yeah. Uh, this and the H flooring center chant line going forward on fourth down deep in our own territory allowed them to take the their first lead well i would i have less of an issue with going forward on fourth down and and and, uh in that situation uh i didn't like when it's fourth and short can can we not what's wrong with the quarterback sneak you know that would be my thing um and then even more than that even more than that you know, you, how, how many third and like fifteen pluses did you give up on the previous drive? Yeah. Right, the one that that immediately preceded that offensive series, three. Right, you let them march down the field, convert three significantly difficult third downs, and um, you know let them close to within one score. I, I I thought that was a much kind of more egregious. Yeah. Um, sequence for the defense, and I, I think there, I think there were two passes that could have been picked there too. So not only did you have, I mean, you just had every opportunity to get them off the field in that drive, and you just you missed it, you biffed it. Um, this on the H Flooring Center chat line. Who will be our Thursday opponents next? <laughs> well, I hope we're five years away from that. At uh, least at home. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh, I mean, I hope there's a reasonable rotation to that um, sort of thing. But, yeah, I don't, I don't know. This in the chat line. Uh, Jen, some more I think about it. I'm not very excited about the new Big 12 football. However, I'm very excited about the new Big 12 basketball. Uh, football, although I loved for years, I'm kind of done with. Um, this in the chat line. Morton got away with a couple of picks as well. We caught our, they didn't catch ours and we did. Um, this in the chat line. We could have stuffed possum toys that we swing by the tail <laughs> like a terrible towel. That's true. Uh, I think Peter would probably have a problem yeah, with and that. And Animal Control did did report the uh, safe delivery of the uh, the uh, possum to. Uh, a uh, natural habitat. My my guess, if I was just guessing, they probably went north of University down to the you know north of kind of over there behind Western Western Field to that park and down there where some water is. Probably a much more natural uh, setting than uh, <laughs> the fifteen yard line. How about uh, how about President Lawrence Scoven getting a photo yeah. with the, uh, the yeah, went over there and kind of yeah. pet it and 
Yeah, of course. Now it was being restrained at that point. He didn't. He didn't throw his body on the uh, on the possum as it, as it ran across the ten yard line. I read somebody that that posted something about like the you know the picture of that thing running running head on, and again it was it was meme time for sure. But as it was running toward the camera in slow mode, somebody somebody wrote in. Uh, that that is a unit low center of gravity nice upside ready to start day one riser through the spring and could get into the first round hashtag nfl draft <laughs> that's awesome how about like uh <laughs> shout out to the animal control officer too mm-hmm. right because i would guess that they're there every game right and you're just standing by waiting for your moment and it finally comes right you you've been at your post for decades <laughs> Right with your, with your you know looped collar staff, at attention, ready to go, uniform always on point, spotless, <laughs> and you've just been standing there waiting, biding your time because you knew at some point the nation would call on you. Right, probably thinking it's going to be if it happens again, it's going to be another fox, maybe a fox, and right, but it was a possum. You got a curveball, and still you rose to the occasion. <laughs> And corralled it. This is awesome. Right? Without much, you know, there wasn't like a, um, you know, no yakety sacks was played, nothing like that. <laughs> you just, you did your business. Even Good did for it, you, animal he, control officer. And he even did it during a break. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, I mean, the Winchie family's there being honored because they've got 50, 60, 70 family members that have graduated from Texas Tech and this extended family tree, this really cool moment. The announcement's being made. They're they're on the big screen. They don't get hear this roar, and I'm thinking, wow, well, people I, love the witchy. I know, wow, the witchy family's got. I mean, I know they got a lot of family members, and it's a really cool story because it's like a Guinness Book of World Records or something. You know, most and and you know this really cool moment, and like, and so my eyes go from the screen because I know one of them. And I'm looking for her, like, eh, and I, my eyes go down to the as everyone's cheering, like, "What's going on?" I look down there, and it comes this little <laughs> possum down. Got to see to the to the five to the ten. This on the chat line. I think one of the biggest issues, the biggest glaring issue to me this year is the receiving core overall, just not very physical in separating or in their blocking. Need to improve that. I agree with you. I would say the most disappointing unit on the football team this season. Uh, and um yeah. but Tommy redeemed themselves. I mean, there's still time. Yeah, that's right. This in the chat line for Matt, we need to encourage the horse to enter the portal. Maybe Florida State's <laughs> backup horse will transfer here. Yeah, you gotta process that horse. <laughs> not, not into glue, no. just like, you know, transfer yeah, some Hopefully then. And that that may very well happen too, because uh, you know, it's hard to say that maybe this horse handles the appearances side of the job which is a big deal because that that horse goes all over the place and uh you know maybe it does good with that stuff but the the kind of the thing it's known for is leading that team onto the field and taking off running and it's uh yeah been down for the count so been a tough year of injuries all the way around uh this on our the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Uh, what are your thoughts on our lack of quarterback sacks personnel? I just don't understand. Yeah, well, there's it is a problem, and uh, um, there, there's yeah. I mean, it is. It's it's a it's a problem, and I I would assume it's a personnel thing. I mean, you 
you got a guy in Tim DeRuder that's coached the last two years. He's coached first-round picks at that position. Uh, you know, they, those those guys were affectionately, uh, you know, referring to uh, this as, you know, feel free to come here and turn it into edge rusher you. Um, and Miles Cole made a couple plays last night, uh, but not, not, you know, not getting big big heat on quarterbacks and sacking and I think that's uh you know that 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 part's got to get better more tech talk next it's every Red Raiders favorite podcast this is the tech talk podcast from double t 97.3 presented by Cantex roofing and construction hey there how you going happy Friday thank you for spending part of your day with us with Gus I'm Aaron we're joining you today until 6, we would love to hear your thoughts and comments on the Yates Flooring Center chat line at double-t-97-3.com. Uh, this in the chat line, fun fact, Texas Tech is 1-0 and at home this season when we released the possums. Um, this from Brennan. Take a note from BYU and create a unique concession stand item like the possum belly. Nah. I would be here for something unique that's uniquely ours. I would. I think it'd be neat. But not possum-related. No, it doesn't have to be possum-related, but just something. Uh, Front row heckler, can you explain the challenge in the third quarter? We challenged being short on third down. The referees moved the ball up a yard, but we still lost the challenge in the timeout. Basically, and this might not make sense, like, and I, I understand that viewpoint, but if you challenge the first down spot, if it's not turned into a first down via the challenge, then you lose the challenge, even if they move the ball up a yard. Got it. Right. So, yeah, so 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 gaining a yard when it's fourth and two, making it fourth and one doesn't mean you won the challenge right. unless you gain the first down. Is Correct. that what you're saying? Okay. Makes sense. Uh, this on the chat line uh, from El Jefe. Uh, tell that horn frog lover Clint to suck it. His team is poor. Never mind. I'll do it myself. <laughs> um, somebody says Ronald McDonald House is going to close down. Yeah, right. The, <laughs> the sack pledge. You know, and, and I think part of it has been, um, you know, you haven't just you've come close. I think you've you've come close a lot. Um, and last year, I think that you were able to convert on a lot of those plays whereas this year you're just coming close and heck there were a couple of those uh last night i mean i I do think that you're affecting the quarterback some um but yeah you're just not getting the production in terms of sacks and really that it seems like that's been the story for this defense all season I, i think that broadly they've been pretty good all things considered um i think that you know i don't really put most of the blame on the defense for why you're um you know four and five this season um but we haven't seen a lot of plays right um didn't force you know a lot of turnovers in your losses right didn't rise up and make a stop at the end when you could have used it against wyoming um right you know it, it, it's to me that's the that's the final frontier, I think. Yeah, the the defense that can go win you, that can go win games. And that's why yesterday was so exciting because you, I mean, you did force those turnovers, and you know, I don't know how much you forced them, um, 
you know, maybe some of it was pressure. And I think, I think that probably is the case. Um, but it wasn't like you just dislodged the ball with these forceful hits. Right. Like a Dwayne Slay. I mean, you just, you caught the balls that were essentially thrown to you or, or were, um, you know, thrown off the mark because you got in somebody's face at the line of scrimmage. Uh, this in the chat line, um, the rule doesn't make sense. They should allow, they should be allowed to change this, challenge the spot and win, not just if it's a first down. I, I don't disagree with yeah. you. I understand that logic that you're, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. Um, fire off an email to Chris Need and have him talk about it on his yeah. little promo deal. Yep. Uh, this in the chat line, last year we had Tyree. That's a huge loss. We don't always have first round talent. Mm-mm. I agree. There's no doubt. And um, Linton didn't play yesterday. He's he's a big part of that pass pressure, but he he had a little back thing. Coach McGuire talked about um, that he thinks he'll be good to go for Kansas. Uh, this on the Yates Flooring Center chat line from Val. I saw another Bobby Knight accomplishment. Ninety-eight percent of his players at Indiana got a degree. Yeah, those guys that finished their eligibility under him, and I think he had a really good number here as well. Those guys that finished their eligibility, um, they they uh, they finished. Yeah, very very cool. That was always something that was important to him. Um, you know, you're talking about uh, good defensive plays. That was the, it was the second quarter, maybe third quarter, but TCU ran a pretty good screen. I don't mean a bubble, but like a you know, slipping the back out kind of a deal. And they had, it looked like they had a convoy of, you know, blockers and the whole deal. Like, uh-oh. And a data ray snuck underneath it and made a really nice play. And it was a drive killer, like a drive ender, you know, third and eight type deal or whatever. And he was going to get more than eight. And uh, a data ray blew that thing up. And it was really, just a really good play. And, um, uh, I remember watching that going, I need to remember that on the show because it was, it was a, it was, you know, this is a great play. He, he felt that he felt that lineman release and went, ah, you know, I'm not, I'm not taking the bait and went with him and floated out there and made a, made a whale of a stop. And, you know, I think that we should also, uh, take a second to recognize the O line. Uh, that was a focus of, Criticism after the BYU game, uh, the center spot especially, and you know they made the change. They swapped Rusty Stats and Dennis Wilburn, and it it paid off. I mean, the snaps were fine. Um, you ran the ball pretty well consistently, and felt like Morton got pretty good protection. I mean, is is Dennis Wilburn the low key offensive MVP from the last two seasons? Right. Yeah, I mean Loki, and and when you're yeah, in in terms of valuable, like where would we be without him? Type guy, yeah. That's I mean Taj Brooks can certainly make sure. a case, and and your offense would be very 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 bad without Taj Brooks. I'm not I'm not trying to like diminish what he's done at all, but um, you know, center is not an easy position to play, and Wilburn had not really played it much at all before last season. Yeah. And he has developed into a very, very competent, serviceable, uh, Big Twelve caliber center. And I, I mean, it, it saved your bacon. I mean, I don't, I don't know if you win last night if he doesn't play center. Yeah, like that. That might sound like a weird thing to say, um, but the 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 snaps 
a couple of Saturdays ago were brutal. Yeah, like 26%. Like Coach McGuire gave that metric. It's like one out of every four snaps is a shin burner or whatever else. I think most of those snaps were low in that BYU game. But, yeah, it was good to see. Uh, and Cole Spencer not, not active last night, I believe. Isn't that correct? That's right. Yeah. More Tech Talk next. The podcast that finishes your workday in a very Red Raider way. This is the Tech Talk Podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Hey there, how you going? Happy Friday, it's Tech Talk on Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com. With Gus, I'm Aaron. We're joining you today until 6 o'clock. We'd love to hear... Your thoughts and comments on the Yates Flooring Center chat line at TT973.com. Radiation Station has this. 80, your high praise of the animal control specialist planted a seed of skepticism. The preparedness and uh, quick response suggests they knew the possum was going to be there. Perhaps it was his pet, the opossum Paul. <laughs> Not so bad. I ain't paying attention to y'all. Uh, Paolo says, this is always great to listen to an excited radio crew when tech is winning. It is uh, much better to be in here. I uh, had an easier time uh, fending off the uh, ravenous opinions after a win. If I'm being very honest with everyone, and I, I strive to be all the time, sometimes to my detriment. Uh, I This is fake enthusiasm. I am miserable. Uh, I have been dealing with my uh, my nose all day. Um, it's annoying. I'm not on my deathbed, obviously. There are people with far worse ailments than me. Uh, but uh, I'm just trying to fight through it and project an aura of enthusiasm yep. Um, yep. as kind of my uh, my force field. Yep. That's, uh, you're doing a good job, dude. Uh, yeah, it's good. It, this is good to have a positive topic on a day like sure. today. This on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. I want to know why they haven't just asked Connor Stallions about the whole thing. How much trouble do you think Michigan could be in? Bowl band, scholarship production, both? That story has oh evolved in a very interesting direction today. Have you seen this? No. Uh-uh. There was a report out from On3.com. Um, I think specifically their Michigan team site. I believe it's the Wolverine. And uh, they are reporting, citing sources both at Michigan and in the media, that the private investigator that has um, collected all of this incriminating evidence, and I'm using air quotes here because it's not, I don't think, a crime necessarily to break NCAA rules, um, but the PI that has been involved in this was hired and has connections to the Day family, specifically two brothers of Ryan Day, who, oh, by the way, you might know this, is the head coach at Ohio State. Furthermore, this report from the Wolverine, the Michigan team site uh, of the On3 network, um, they are also floating the possibility or, you know, some people with knowledge think that dot 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 essentially they're kind of tossing this into the ether without specifically saying hey we're reporting this um that some of the information that that 
PI obtained um, was obtained illegally from Chris Stallion's computer without his knowledge. Oh. And if that happened, suddenly it wouldn't only be an NCAA issue maybe for Ohio State, but it would also be a criminal issue for this PI and I guess maybe anyone connected to those efforts. Well, that reminds me of the uh, of Chris, um, the uh, oh god, what was his name? It was something I, common? I know. Uh, the, yeah, that that worked for the Cardinals that hacked hacked the uh, Astros program. Chris Correa. There you go. Yeah. Chris Correa that hacked and and did it did it like a year or two in prison, kind of one of the white collar type prisons. And uh, I think the 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 key moment in that trial was something like uh, you know as the, as the judge and everyone's getting down to it he asked Chris Correa's like so you're telling me that you broke in your neighbor's house to see if he stole something from you uh yes <laughs> like that was the point at which he knew okay I'm about to go away for a little while and uh yeah doesn't it sound like that I mean that, that what you just described sounds like a pretty pretty similar parallel and I tell you what Wow. There are very few things, very few directions that this story could have gone that would have maybe turned out better for Jim Harbaugh than Ohio State kind of being behind this. <laughs> um, and, and that will, I think, uh, galvanize Michigan fans a little bit. Like, we're not going to let the Buckeyes get sure. away with this and, you know, fire our head coach. Um, this would also explain too, because I I don't think that it's an accident, Gus, that you know this story broke, and then like clockwork, basically every day for a week or more, there was some kind of new development right. in the story from you know this reporter or that reporter. The Central they, Michigan they footage. They spread it out, yeah, sure. Um, but uh, I, I think that it's a a concerted effort. Um, you know, and certainly if, if they're connected to Ohio State in any ways, uh, th- this would make perfect sense as to why they would do it this way. But I think it's been a concerted effort to really try and put the screws on Jim Harbaugh and, and Michigan, right? I mean, it's been, you know, incredible how almost every day, yeah, especially early on, there was something new. Well, and, 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 you know, my, my response to that when we talked about this and we acknowledged it a few days ago, and I said it feels like now that the story's there, more people are in there digging around because, I you you know, you and I referenced it, and I said it's like the, the, the guys that are digging around on the Astros and watching old games back in 2017 go, wait, hear that trash can banging? You know, like there was something new there, but it was, it was different people that had – identified stuff and that were snooping around and that that was the the analogy i used to you um and and um you know and 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 what we're learning or maybe learning allegedly i guess is that this is part of a bigger strategy perhaps you know something's going to get released every day this isn't as organic as i would have thought a couple days ago and it's just oh everybody's digging around somebody's got to you know watching just some old games on espn plus and say hey look at that that's that's now this is way more strategic and uh 
And so now do the rest of the, you know, because the Big Ten famously had their their conference call yesterday and, you know, everyone's demanding action. Now now if you're at Indiana and Purdue and Penn State, you're going, get rid of both of them. What? Yeah. <laughs> Michigan State and Ohio. I mean, yeah, excuse me, they Michigan had, and Ohio State. They had a coach's call on Wednesday, and we yeah. talked about that yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yesterday they had an AD call. Mm-hmm. And so the only next step, I would think, is a call with the presidents or the, the university CEOs, and I don't know when that will take place. Um, but the, the the reporting from the AD call yesterday was that the Big Ten commissioner um, was a bit more amenable to the idea of taking action um, than he maybe was Wednesday during the coach's call. And, you know, I don't – I mean – like this is one of those deals where it's a dangerous spot for him, new on the job. Because yeah, exactly. no matter what you do, you're not going to satisfy everybody. Right. You know, um, people will call it too soft of a punishment if you just suspend Harbaugh for three games or something, which would be kind of unprecedented um, to do that mid-season like that. Um, if you if you hammer him. Somehow, um, if you say that, hey, you're not eligible for the Big Ten championship game, it, th- th- he'd be hammered for being too, uh, you know, too harsh. I don't know. Fascinating. Yep. Suddenly, I want to know a lot more about the Michigan side of this and a lot more about the Ohio State side of this. Yeah. More tech talk next. Um, before the break, I was telling you how legitimately excited I am for basically every Big 12 football game this weekend. That has not been the case um, much this season, but I think that this weekend uh, is shaping up to be really, really interesting, really exciting. Um, I mean, who would have thought, like, I don't know, three weeks ago, that K-State Texas would be so compelling? Yeah. Right? Um, I mean, because suddenly K-State with a win here would vault themselves uh, into yeah. front-runner status for um, the championship reappearing game. in yeah. the conference championship game. Uh, you know, Texas has a lot at stake here. Their quarterback situation is still unsettled with viewers being injured. Um, this game is in Austin. But Longhorn's only about a three-and-a-half-point favorite here. And I feel like K-State matches up pretty well with UT. Especially with UT with a backup QB. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then Bedlam at 230. And and again, who would have thought yeah. in August? I agree. Or, or even like mid-September that Oklahoma State would have a pulse, right? And heck, be ranked. Yeah. You know? And Oklahoma, I think, at least for me personally, is better than I thought that they would be this year. Um, both of these teams are 4-1 and one in the conference. This is another gigantic game for the Big 12 championship race. Um, that game is in Stillwater, right? So it'll be a hostile crowd for the visiting Sooners. Their last time playing Bedlam in a long time, whatever that period is. Um, Oklahoma is a six-point road favorite, but to me, that's a total toss-up. Uh, yeah, I, I yeah, and they they got they had a little drama yesterday with the linebacker. 
that transferred from uh, OSU to Oklahoma, and you know, and, and of course, this is probably being taken out of context a little bit. That never happens. No, but but somewhere in there, he said something like, "Yeah, when I announced that I was going to the portal, they didn't even call me and try to keep me there." So you know, like I haven't I haven't talked to anyone from Oklahoma today. I'm like, well, you know, what'd you expect, dude? Me, you know what I mean? Like, how? I mean, do you think? Text calling TJ Shannon, still begging him to come by. I mean, how's that work? How do you expect yeah, I mean, that to work? You went to the rival, man. Well, I mean, I, I feel like if you, once you get to the point where you enter the portal, right, if you just kind of do it ninja style, because the players can do that, right? Sure. They can just submit it. Yeah, sure. Um, they don't need to go through their coaches. Like, they can just do it. That really says all that anybody needs to know. Right, mm-hmm. if it's a conversation, if there's been, there have been meetings, kind right. of back and forth in a dialogue, and you still kind of end up there, maybe there's a phone call that gets made, like, "Hey, okay, you know, we've talked about this, and clearly you've you've entered the portal. Is there anything that we can do to kind of fix this?" But if if I think Trace Ford is his name, yeah. I think, yeah, if he just kind of ups and enters a portal, sure. and that's it. Like that's, you know, yeah. And I, I don't know the ins and outs of it, but that's sort of my understanding of the two scenarios you just laid out. One was Hudson White, where there was some discussion, and I want to be the everyday catcher for Tech Baseball this year, whereas Mason Molina was the ninja. Yeah. That, that's my understanding of it in very broad terms, but you, you just laid it out perfectly. And to, to, the, to the Ford kid, it's like, yeah, that, you know, especially for a coach and Mike Gundy, who's, you know, doesn't seem too hip on portal and NIL and just in, based on some of his commentary. So he's probably not chasing. He's probably not chasing Trace Ford down the road, especially not when the Sooners come calling. Um, and I think another part of it too is that I think that, that for the most part, and I'm going to be very broad and, and kind of generalize here, hopefully no one gets mad, um, but it, you know, most people don't like conflict. Right, most people don't like, you know, a breakup. You know, mm-hmm, like sure. it's it's something that they avoid, um, to, to the point of are they, you know, ghosting somebody or you know breaking up over text or whatever. Anything that you can do to avoid a hard conversation on the telephone or even better in person. And so, you know, if if you give these players the opportunity to end things without any kind of direct conflict, and not like conflict in the way of a shouting match or screaming, but just kind of like, again, awkward and uncomfortable situations, I think they're going to take it. And, you know, when they do take it like that, again, I think it says all, all you needed to know. I agree. Um, it doesn't make them a terrible person or, or, you know, anything like that. It just, again, tells the story. Um, Houston and Baylor. Sorry. That's me. Were you playing the harp? What was that? Oh, our uh, our sideways television. <laughs> um, Houston Baylor. I think that that's kind of a stinker, right? Yeah, I, I think that the the only real storyline of note or only kind of hook to maybe watch this or have it on a second screen during Bedlam is that both of these coaching staffs are kind of embattled and under fire. Houston more so than Baylor. Um, you know, Baylor's favored. They haven't done a whole lot well this year. Um, neither is Houston. And so I think, again, if Houston loses this game, then I think that's mm. certainly very bad news for Dana Holgerson. Um, UCF Cincinnati, I I will probably second screen this during Bedlam. 
um, because both of these teams are looking for their first win in the Big 12. They're both 0-5 in Big 12 conference play. These two teams have history. These two teams have played big games against each other before in the past in the American yeah. Athletic Conference, ranked as ranked opponents, etc. There is uh, some heat there mm-hmm. between those two fan bases. And while neither season, neither team will salvage their season with a win here, right? The team that loses is going to go insane. Yeah. Right. That yeah. that fan base is going to go insane. Like it's bad enough that we've gotten our tails kicked this first year in the Big Twelve, but the insult added to that injury would be losing to UCF as sure. well, or losing to Cincinnati. The other as one well. who's in the same boat as we are. Yeah. Because at and, that point, they you would have it worse than that. And these these last two games you talked about that that have intrigue and have some have some narrative to them. Both of, both of those games, and it, it may again speak to where they are. But the the interest there lies with less about who wins than who loses. Oh, yes. you know, like that. And just as you said, a fan, like the game last night. Yeah, a fan base reaction to one, and perhaps a a, a coach's tenure in the other. And I can I can say this because Clint is not running the board today, uh, but I mean Kansas Iowa State is really interesting. Not only because you know Kansas is your next opponent, right? Uh, but but Kansas can kind of get back into kind of depending on what else happens this weekend sure. in the Big Twelve title picture, um, and then suddenly Iowa State if if they win God. this game, Crazy. are are a very real kind of you know oh. Damn. You're, you're I, I would love to yeah, see okay. Kansas, Kansas win that. I yeah. legit would. Clint is is literally out of breath, huffing and puffing, yeah, running down the in hall, the control room, trying to save the moment, sprinting down the hall. <laughs> I think I see. There's there's three people on the ground, paper spilled everywhere. Um, just so we could run in here and play that clip. Childish. Um, and then BYU West Virginia. Yeah. I mean, like. Could could the magic continue for the Mountaineers? The the Neil Brown Revenge Tour, the Neil Brown Double ah. Rods Tour, because uh, they would be bowl eligible. Look at your boy over there. I refuse. I refuse. More tech talk next. The podcast put together with Red Raider fans in mind. This is the Tech Talk Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Hey there, how you going? It's Tech Talk on Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com with Gus and Kyler. I'm Aaron. We're joining you today until 6, so just a few more minutes with you here. We'd love to get your thoughts and your comments on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. You can weigh in at Double T 97.3.com. Uh, Gus, this is from Scott. Gus, what are your thoughts on Texas baseball schedule? Do you like it? Do you think it will boost RPI? Yeah, I do. Uh, each, those those uh, the opening weekend in Arlington figures to be good for RPI. Certainly, uh, you know Stanford. I mean, it's just there's a bunch of like blue blood type games now are there series with i mean i guess you could call two games a midweek series but not not like in a traditional three or certainly no fours but uh yeah and i I think the the rpi i mean nobody can look at that schedule and go they're not trying to schedule tough no they just are doing a home and home with stanford and you know the the game at the the deal in arkansas and 
you know, uh, there's even a, and, and then the final weekend, of course, that's an open weekend at the end of the schedule. If you get an open weekend toward the front, there's a lot of other big conferences around the country looking for games in front at the front end of the schedule, like we had at Iowa the last two years. Mm-hmm. This one's, you know, we're, we're at the very end leading into the Big 12 tournament. And uh, that's our open weekend, and able to get the Sun Devils and UNLV on there. Not that UNLV's some monster, but you know that's that's pretty good. I I, I uh, and I think the you know to to Scott's question, I think the the in, the intent is there for sure. I would also say that the the the, the mystery to this is going to be what what's the Big Twelve. What are we like? You know, what's what is UCF? What is what are they in terms of uh, of uh, um, you know in terms of RPI and uh, you know where do, where do they land in terms of this quad one quad two kind of thing and 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 whatever I, you know I, that's the thing that we I don't think anyone has a sense of of these new schools and we play what we play uh, two all three we play all three of the new. Mm-hmm. Baseball schools, yeah, we we lose K State, um, yeah. The, I, I think the conference is going to drive that conversation even more. And, and you know what we don't know yet is where, you know, how, at what point was BYU committed to, you know, their baseball schedule? I would think UCF has a potential to have a pretty good schedule because they could probably play non-conference games against sure ACC and SEC teams that are all around them if they want to. And they probably don't want to just do that and get bludgeoned to death, but um, you know, and Houston's probably the same way. So, I, yeah, I'm I'm curious to we want to see it play out, obviously, but uh, that that'll be a an interesting aspect of it. Same as this, uh, Taj Brooks is a slightly slower version of Le'Veon Bell. I think he will make an NFL roster and be a contributor. However, the way running backs are valued, I believe yeah. he would be a late round draft pick. I generally agree. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that yeah. he can definitely help an NFL team. Yep. I think too. that, uh, you know, he's going to get dinged for lack of kind of top-end speed, mm-hmm. and I've, we've seen that. Um, that's not something that you can kind of, like, work on. You either are or you aren't, uh, and he just happens to be not. But I think that his physical running style, the fact that you can't just bring him down very easily, um, he's been very available yeah. his entire career as far as I know. Um, I think those are all big check marks in his favor, and I, I just hope that uh, you know he he enters the twenty twenty five NFL draft. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, that there's some level of nil that can offset or ensure him, if you if you will. Uh, that would be great. It would be great to have him back because I think the thing that we hear from the coaches and the ones that dive into the X's and O's of this is that they he's good in the pass block side of you know the blitz pickup, which is. You know those things will also would also help him in the NFL thing. I just can't watch him block a college, you know, blitz pick up and go. Oh, this time next year, that's right. You know, the, what's his name from the Cowboys or whatever, and that how, how that's going to translate. That's where scouts and experts and things like that, and um, you know, and he and he also seems to be able to pass I mean, to to catch catch the ball. Now I don't know that he's. They're splitting him out wide and sending him on go routes against linebackers, but I, th- I think he's functional in the passing game. Uh, this in the Yates Flooring Center chat line, uh, Emmett Smith had no top-end speed either. Emmett Smith had a 96-yard run uh, against an SEC team in college. I don't 
Yeah, I wouldn't say there was no top end yeah. speed, but yeah, I don't know that he was a burner. Uh, so I, I think that you don't run for 96 yards, mm. you know, on one play against an SEC team, even back then, if you don't have some speed. Uh, Raiders dad says, 80 also happens to not be fast. True, I'm not fast. I am, uh, I would say that my wit is pretty quick at times. But in terms of uh, <clears throat> movement speed, no. I'm big fan of economy of effort. Like when, Winston Churchill. When was the last time you just busted out and ran? Softball game? Something like that? Chasing Probably a dog. Probably chasing a dog. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Churchill. You have a good first step? <clears throat> no. Um, the great, But when I do run, I, I don't worry about spraining an ankle because my thankles are pretty sturdy. <clears throat> sturdy, yeah. There is a documentary series called World at War. Okay. It was released in 1973. Uh, it was produced by a British production company, Tim's TV, I think, okay. whatever, from the yeah, river. The river, yeah. And it is a 10 to 15 part, maybe more than that. Wow. Documentary series, hour long episodes on World War II, fairly comprehensive. Um, and what kind of sets that apart from every other documentary that you've watched um, about World War II is that, uh, you know, 73 is still kind of the sweet spot where a lot of those people are still alive. Sure. So, like, if you ever watch Downfall and, and the focus on the the assistant there in the bunker for mm-hmm. for Hitler, she's interviewed, right? Wow. Um, I think Spear is interviewed. Uh, uh, Anthony Eden is interviewed. Wow. And so it's really, uh, anyways, that's available for free online. How about that? Really? Yeah, mm-hmm. like the web archive or something. That's it for us. This has been the Tech Talk Podcast, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of Double T 97.3 podcasts at double T 97.3.com.